with the two man crew. Yeah, the two man crew. Alright. Uh yeah, welcome to me me, my parent and Liam Neeson. I mom's out of town right now. I what she is doing is also important, so we can't get after her about it. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Patrick. And Carrie's missing. Carrie is missing. But we we figured it out. I stay tuned because she might not be here for a week or two still, so we are gonna be running through as many Killing your movies with lots of gun shootings that we can get our hands on, uh, just to get them out of the way so she doesn't have to watch them. Yeah. Uh, and this week we started with A Walk Among the Tombstones, uh, which was a novel in from 1992 uh, of the same name by Lawrence Block, who they got uh, on set during filming, and the guy who adapted the novel as a screenplay it was the uh, director. Okay. He ended up being the director. He he wrote it, and then they brought him on as the director. It was produced by Danny DeVito. And some others. Some other guys, but Danny DeVito is the big name on there. I was looking at other people who are in the film. Uh, one of them people may recognize now, uh, David Harbour. You'll recognize as the sheriff from Stranger Things. Uh, we should rec- have recognized him from being in Kinsey. Oh, I good believe point. He, I believe he's one of the three assistant dudes. Uh. Uh, and also, uh, a good call on Dad for recognizing uh, let me find here, Boyd Holbrook, who is the son of the mob boss guy in Run All Night, which we watched recently. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of uh, movie crossover, but that happens when you've watched 50 movies. Eventually, you're going to get some crossover. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of big name guys in here. It was not a big production. I uh, film budget less than thirty mil. That's pretty amazing. And for... They were filming in New York. Yeah, which, you know that's something right there. Which has costs associated with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already talked about twenty fifteen movies before. This is definitely this one. I I think of the other. What was this was it? in twenty fifteen. This is a no. twenty fourteen movie. But was it really? Been, yeah, this is twenty fourteen. So, the fact that they showed the New York skyline with the Twin Towers on it was representing the fact that it was, the time set was just before 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other 2014 movie that we've seen already is Taken 3. I would say between the two of them, this is definitely the better film. Yeah, better in in its own way, yeah. I, yeah. From a character development standpoint. Definitely. And, well, that it, kind of thing. Well, three, some of the characters, anyway. Yeah, threequels are never <laughs> great at character yeah. development. Right. Uh, except for Thor Ragnarok, but they just restarted the story, and that's for a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, the zero to Neeson on this one is... Close to zero. Close to zero. Uh, it also starts off real quick with uh, a racial slur, so, you know, that's great. Just want to make sure that as soon as we can, we establish that Liam Neeson's character is not a nice guy. Well, at least at that point, because it was... It was eight years before most of the movie. Yeah. So, at the time, he was not a nice guy. He, he was represented yeah. as as kind of mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a jerk. And, and early in the movie, that was kind of the what you perceived. Yeah. Anyway. In that initial flashback, they slowly expand on it over the course of the film and it become and knowing more and more about that single event is it parallels the character development in the it doesn't take them long 
to go from that time period to eight years later. A.K.A. we quote-unquote present day, except it was 1999. And then later, they run through the explanation of why that was a life-changing experience yep. for him. But they do so a couple different times and add little details every time. Yeah. Uh, so, in true modern Liam Neeson movie fashion, he is an ex-cop. Which is pretty standard. Knows how to handle himself. Yeah. And uh, a firearm. As opposed to other ones, he is not trying to get out of the business. He is a private detective. Mm-hmm. So that's slightly new. But he's been a private detective in other movies, so this isn't terribly new. <laughs> uh, the genre on Wikipedia calls it neo-noir, which is, we've made a noir detective movie and we didn't set it in the 1930s. Yep. Though, though they do mention Sam Spade. They do. And and some others, if I remember. And Dante Culpepper. And Dante Culpepper. Local footballsman. When uh, he was playing for the Vikings. When he was playing for the Vikings. And noted that Dante Culpepper is a bad name for a football player, but a good name for a private detective. And I do have to agree. Yeah. I think it's a good name. Uh, I think we're not going to be getting too much into detail with this one, because it is kind of a mystery movie. Yeah, you don't want to get too much into it. Yeah. There, but there were some some interesting bits. There was the early on when he when he, if you will, took the case and he and they had that little uh, investigative montage. Oh, that, that was, was pretty. That good. was a good montage. Yeah. Uh, usually, when you see montages, you don't see you don't see a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think training montages, those are the most popular ones. Those you see a lot of different trainings, but. You start at one spot, you end at the other, and in the middle is just stuff happening. Uh, story montages can happen, and it is usually with investigations, because you're following the story the same as the character is. But it's little clips of go to a place, talk to a person, and then they mention a fact, and the montage skips to the fact again. It, you just only get a snippet of or conversation. Or related fact, yeah. or something. You cut out all of the fluff of talking to people, and you just do something useful, something useful, something useful. So in the course of two minutes, maybe less, we see eight different characters or so. It's all, like watching the the highlights of an NFL game. Exactly. It only Dante, takes about ten minutes. With Dante Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> that was good storytelling there. I Overall, I think it was good storytelling going on. It was. The, some of the relationships developed in kind of interesting ways. Yeah. Uh, especially between him and, and his young assistant. Yep. That that developed in an interesting way. And and I thought I thought the assistant, as I said to you while we were watching, I think the casting people probably had a lot of fun casting that Oh, yeah. Role. And I think they did a good yeah. job. It's difficult to find someone who can appropriately play an enthusiastic youth. Mm -hmm. I will refer anyone who would like to see a poor job of casting an enthusiastic youth uh, to the movie iRobot. I believe that's the one I'm thinking of because Shia LaBeouf is in that one. Where he swears too much? Where he swears too much. Yeah, yeah. That is, and I've taken screenwriting and also, I've taken a couple of writing classes where people were having to write teenage characters. I believe screenwriting was the main one where the teacher said, why are these kids swearing so much? <laughs> now, this kid did. It wasn't all the time. It was where it was needed. He was. He represented, they represented his character as being 
intelligent. What, I perceived a pretty intelligent kid and focused mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, um, like you said, enthusiastic. He seemed to be a risk taker, which I guess for a teenager is not extraordinary. Not particularly. Uh, that's but he standard. was. But he was pretty smart about it. Yeah, he did not. He definitely did not strike me as a typical youth, which I think is the point. Yeah. I. Uh, this is well contrasted at a point in the movie when uh, he encounters what I think, if you were going to cast a black teenager in a movie involving guns and ex-cops, he he runs into a couple of what the average screenwriter would write. Hmm. Because he again gets beat up. Spoilers. Hmm. I, I don't think it was designed to be, hey, here's what we could have written. I just think it's a nice juxtaposition of his character and how he handles himself. The tough love business Liam Neeson gives this kid, it's... I, uh, I, I'm a teacher, and I think if I tried to get away with what he does, I would be in <laughs> some serious trouble. I don't think you could do that. I don't think... Well, <laughs> I mean, spoilers again. I don't think I don't think any of the kids are bringing guns to school for me to tell them how to use proper gun safety. That's good. I don't think you want to do that. No, I really don't. I don't have proper... I don't... I'm not good with guns. No, let's not do that. Don't arm the teachers. I don't know how to do it. Uh, yeah, we really can't do too much talking about this other than there were multiple points in the film where I thought we knew where we were going. Yeah. And even once you get to the end, they kept doing things. Well, the bad guys were extraordinarily bad. Oh, yeah. No, they do not I mean, beat around the bush with how bad these no, guys are. these guys are like the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's really easy to hate the bad guys yeah. in this movie. Uh, the bad guys still managed to have mild character development. Mild. Yeah, pretty limited. I uh, just about every main character had a bit of it. Yeah, guy at the end. Well, he just showed up at the end. But there was a detective. There was a husband. There was a brother. There was the kid. Yeah, all of those guys had good character development through the film. All the the other victim people were kind of they were they were just they were just there. Yeah, the there was the but the initial guy that that brought in the the PI mm-hmm. to do a job that they developed over time. Yep. I this was a good movie. But I don't know if they were well liked. You don't have to be well liked to have good character development. Right. But as characters I'm I'm not sure that I would say they were well liked. No. I definitely not a lot of good people in this film. Liam Neeson's character was pretty um pretty edgy. Mm-hmm. Um morally gray at morally points. Morally gray. Well yeah. When dealing with good people, he was good. Yeah. When dealing with bad people, he was bad. He's not necessarily morally gray. Yeah. I would say, if I may coin a phrase that may not exist, moral chameleon. Hmm. I'm going to Google that right now and see if I invented this. I doubt it. (laughs) I doubt it. I thought it was interesting. They did not say the name of the movie in the movie. Oh, what? What? Catholic Health Association. What? The high cost of being a moral chameleon. What? Published in two thousand and five by a doctor. Well, the on the the uh, DVD cover, the descriptor is intense and gritty. I mean, and I think that's pretty accurate. Oh, this is this is about the healthcare system. <laughs> this is like not necessarily what I was talking about at all. Okay, 
No, no, now this is a different article. Moral community. Okay, so I didn't invent this. I do feel smart for having come up with it, though. But not inventive. Okay, I getcha. Alright, well, if we want to make this be closer to the length of a normal episode, because there's one less person to talk about it, and since it was good, we're not talking about it too much. Are there any other uh, any other features of the film that you think are worth noting? Um, some of his uh, investigative I feel actions. Like, I feel like there were like parallels that? with him and his associate not doing things on various principles. Meaning, the kid didn't drink soda or eat meat. He didn't use to. He didn't like technology. Right. And I feel like those were added. I don't know if it was in the book or not. I haven't read the book. I feel like those were added to give additional connection points. But for the life of me, I do not remember why he doesn't like technology. I'm not sure that they described that. I don't think they did either. And it felt uh, it felt a little odd because mm-hmm. basically everything else about his character, we can pinpoint to a point where it was talked about and a reason why it was useful. But that one, it just kind of is. Yeah. It existed to give him a reason to talk to this kid. Really? And you know, to, maybe. And to frequent pay phones instead of having a cell phone. So, he was introduced to the young man in kind of a strange way while he, he was investigating. He was using microfiche. And which, I, thought it was, I thought that was an interesting little scene. And I, I liked the way they introduced them. Mm-hmm. And it, that was a character development element for both of them. Yeah. In a way that you kind of thought, well, I mean, from the standpoint of film watching you kind of thought oh they're gonna they're gonna have a relationship now oh yeah no it was very clear that you could tell there was something that was going to develop there over time but but i thought they did a pretty good job of kind of uh some some maybe unexpected linkages right there at the beginning yeah that that was kind of fun it is still bothering me that the technology thing of all the good connection points they had in the film that one just doesn't mean anything other than yeah, other ex- than to connect them, yeah, because that was how that was one of their first connecting points. Was it, the kid was using yeah, tech, it was, but and he wasn't. It could have been anything. Yeah, the fact that it was technology didn't matter. It just was a connection. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we I think we need mom here to make these be slightly longer. <laughs> we, we need we need more discussion. Otherwise, we're gonna sit here and we're gonna agree on stuff and then we're gonna be done. I. But that's what happens when you don't want to talk about too much of the plot because people might want to watch this So what you're saying is we need to watch a bad movie next week so that we can talk about all of it. (laughs) Okay, you can talk me. Do we have any bad shooting movies left? I don't know. Uh, We'll figure something out. Oh, find the list. Oh, oh, we could do something really insane without Mom here. He's in a video game. (laughs) And it's on the list. Really? Yep, I put it on the list. Because he's a character in a video game? He's a character in a video game. Oh. He is, to my knowledge, the only video game that he's a character in. Does that mean we have to play the video game? Not as much as you would think. I'm fairly certain he dies. Well, <laughs> His he's, parameter he is has high. died before. His parameter will be high <laughs> in that one. Uh, I also am not entirely sure I own it, but that's fairly fixable. I, I will look into that over the next week. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be hearing us talk about a movie again, so standard, usual. Yeah. But look forward to that video game at some point. We do need to talk about the meter. Yes, we do. We have ignored the meter. Um, well, I think by the end of the movie, I have a pretty good handle on, yeah, there was some, there was some peril. Definitely. It, it was, 
through a great portion of the movie, it was tough to find him truly in peril. There was a lot of soft investigation, and it really had to get past the halfway point for us to even think that someone would be actually harming him instead of just yeah people following him or looking at him. And even then... Had to get to where he was talking to the bad guys yeah. on the phone. And, even, and then, yeah. even then, it took a while. And he was really confident about it up until the end. Yep. Uh, so despite the ending, I feel like the peril on this one is going to be lower than the gritty realism would like us to believe. Like, I'd... I think I think at the end it got to probably six. I was going to say six. Yeah. Because it is an action movie, and there yeah. is a high degree, and it his probably life is got to six. There yeah. were others who were in far more peril. Oh yeah, but we're not <laughs> talking about that. Character. <laughs> One of these days we'll find someone else to talk about, but we still yeah. have a lot of these to go. Yeah. I. So that's it. Tune in next week. Mom probably still won't be here. Yeah. I uh, might be a video game. Probably be a movie. We'll see. Okay, we're done. Okay.